Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, aliens and animals, it's time for the Lonely TARDIS. Your journey through Time Lords and Space, where three, sometimes two companions, get together to talk all things Doctor Who. We're back again with Marcus Beer and I to discuss this week's episode of Doctor Who. Can you hear me? Can you hear me, Marcus? Ah, uh, who? Yes, I can hear you, eh? What? You almost don't want to hear me with uh, with my totally wild and crazy radio voice this week. You got it. How are you? How you doing, Marcus? You're... You're getting ready to go to to beautiful land of Wales, aren't you? Uh, I am indeed. In, in, uh, uh, we're spending uh, four days in Wales and five days in England. Beautiful. And um, obviously it's been a whole week since we recorded the last totally episode. Totally a whole week. So uh, I'm still packing. So okay. uh, take you know, a week. To- according to Doctor Who, you've been, you know, it's been like three months, really, since we've recorded. Uh, by, yeah. you know, according to to this current time, although we've been, it's been minutes for us. Yes, indeed, and an eternity for anybody who listens to this podcast. Well, once again, we're not joined by Sean Norton, that, that horrible, I'm like punching the air, that crazy guy. No, Sean is out of, Sean is actually in the UK. He's warming up the UK for Marcus, so he's kind of well, like your warm-up act. How do you I did actually um, the point opening it, act is, is Sean Norton. <laughs> well, he's going to be in London, and I'm um, probably not going to be hitting London. But we did have a discussion uh, where he slid, slid into my DMs and Ooh. asked uh, for recommendations for places to go in London. I did point him in the direction of the Doctor Who store, oh, which yeah. has a little museum in the background, in the in the back. So um, I think he's going to try and uh, um, visit that. Uh, and if you know when we next talk, he hasn't uh been there uh we'll all be disappointed but you know they... i'm gonna have to tell i'm gonna have to give him my order now to pick up a few things <laughs> <laughs> while i can um well excellent it is awesome to be back again talking doctor who we're gonna do as i mentioned in the previous episode which you guys heard whenever you listened to it uh this time we're gonna talk about can you hear me the seventh episode in the 12th series or season for we Amer- for us americans we americans whoever for us for some of us, the uh, seventh episode of the twelfth series of, of Doctor Who from producer or showrunner Chris Chibnall and Jodie Whittaker as the thirteenth, maybe we don't know, thirteenth of this regeneration cycle. We'll find out soon. Um, and I'm going to do a quick little summary here, then we'll kind of dive into it. We've been doing these shorter episodes because people are really pick, picking up on them. So here's the summary for this week: Doctor drops off her companions back home again. Thank you, Wikipedia. Uh, where they simultaneously begin to experience these kind of strange supernatural events. Graham's seeing visions of this imprisoned girl telling him to find her. Ryan sees this weird figure that causes his friend to vanish as, you know, while he's there partying with his buddy. And Yas sees this unfamiliar woman um, that's sort of making her remember her past. And so back at the TARDIS, Doctor gets everybody together. She receives a signal. Actually, before that, she receives a signal from 14th century Syria, Aleppo. Uh, she meets a young woman there named Tahira who's suffering from mental health issues and comes to find out that they, uh, you know, there's some strange beast there. It looks like a werewolf or whatever. She gathers all the companions together and uh, everybody kind of explains what happens. And she ends up using Graham's visions. She figures out everything's sort of connected. Uses Graham's visions to track the source of this imprisoned girl. Maybe she can help them. They find her. And uh, realize that, oh goodness, 
they're being actually manipulated by this sort of weird immortal nightmare god named Zelen, um, which is really, I don't know if this is the first time we've had immortals or eternals, I don't know. But uh, unbeknownst to the doctor that uh, Zelen knocks out the companions in Tahira, he actually uses the doctor to free this imprisoned girl who ends up being uh, an immortal god named Rakea. And eventually, they've always sort of been in this yin and yang um, battle for, you know, souls of, uh, you know, waging people against each other in, in, in war. Um, so eventually, the doctor saves her companions, returns to Earth in, you know, kind of throwaway fashion. And then Yaz repays an old debt she made to police officer she met uh, several years ago. And, they, and that's sort of the quick summation. Um, I'm going to jump in this time, and I mentioned it during the last episode, last week, whenever that was. This was much more of a companion-based episode, and I, I, Marcus, I, I liked this episode a lot more than maybe I should have. And, and until we got to sort of that throwaway ending of the Doctor just beat beat the uh, beat the bad guys, the Immortals, um, quite easily. But I kind of liked the sort of companions, and we talked about it during the last episode that once you have the companions separated, they're much stronger on their own than they are as, you know, as the sum of the whole, I guess. So, um, yeah, I, I, I kind of liked where this episode was going. I know they're never going to touch on this immortal stuff again with Chibnall at the reins, but I don't know. What did you think? Um, well, first of all, uh, obviously you want to give, uh, uh, the, um, the actor who played the, uh, the, God whose fingers went uh, yeah, went all over the place. Um, Ian Gelder mm-hmm. was in Torchwood Children of Earth, where Ooh, he was uh, nice. Mr. Decker, the civil servant who uh, dealt with the four, five, six initially, and um, had um, you know given them the name based on the frequency. And he was the one who was very, uh, you know, basically um, the, the 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 prototypical civil servant in that. You know, or he didn't really care about what happened to the people. Uh, he just thought it was all very exciting and blah blah blah. So if you if he, if you remember him, he had more hair then. He, he also was funky uh, hair tattoo. He also uh, played Kevin Lannister in Game of Thrones. So if you saw seasons five, six, or four through seven, I believe he was uh, he played Kevin Lannister, who was the the brother of uh, Tywin Lannister. So yeah, there's some good connections there. Yeah. Um, so what did I think about it? This what is the this is, this is the this is the interesting question. I, it was not not bad. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, it did feel a little. I mean, it, it was interesting to see you know the, to see the um, see the, the character uh, you know in Syria. Mm-hmm. And um, to find out that she was, she'd actually created the, the the monsters from her own mind. That's why it wasn't attacking her. Um, it was nice to see everybody all separated yet again, um, because we know that's probably the best way to way to go with Doctor Who uh, in its current uh, form. Um, but it, the ending did leave a lot to be desired because we, uh, you know, it. You know, we're talking about these multi-dimensional gods who who basically like to wreak havoc and are kind of defeated in quite an easy uh, way. Uh-huh. I don't think we'll see them again, as you said. Um, which 
just seems like a waste. I agree. To be to be frank, um, I agree with you, Frank. Well, was, uh, the, the phrase "it was a curate's egg" of an episode uh, <laughs> has come to mind, Ooh. in that it, it it could have been a lot worse, but it did feel like there should have been a lot more to it than uh, than we actually had. And uh, I did enjoy most of it. I thought it was, it was some some very interesting parts. Um, the whole bait and switch that um, the visions were, you know, there was basically like this yin and yang of, um, you know, of the two gods and uh, the visions that Graham was having, he thought was, uh, you know, trying to save somebody and the doctor, you know, blundered in and went and saved without asking questions, um, which does seem to be a very recurring uh, theme with with uh, Jody in particular, Jody's doctor, mm-hmm. uh, and that's not down to her; that's down to the writing. Um, but yeah, just I mean, I thought could they be Hallifreyans? Hmm. Um, is there a touch? Uh, you know, is there is there a uh, you know is this going to lead into the timeless child? I mean, I saw her in that in that uh, in those visions. And I thought, yeah, oh, doctor had this is this is the time timeless child. This is we're going to start. You know, we're gonna. This is gonna be the start of this big, um, you know, push. And again, no, um, something super powerful was de- defeated pretty, pretty quickly. Um, everybody was soon back on Earth or back in their own various time frames, um, doing what they did. And these two worlds are now back in their own sort of stasis type mm-hmm. thing. Um, you know, imprisoning, you know, being being kept apart, but also pushing together enough to to keep this the, this garden imprisoned. Um, it felt to me um, that it was a riff on the Impossible Planet. Um, I think it was the, it was the episode where um, you know there was the the it was the David Tennant episode two parter. Uh, the Ood were there, and it was basically the devil was imprisoned in a planet orbiting around a black hole, or in, uh, around the sun, rather. Um, and yeah, it's the eighth it, episode you know. of uh, the first Tenant series, yeah. Yep. Thank you, Dallypedia. Dallypedia, um, yeah. Yeah, but you, you know where I'm... So you, yes. you, you see where I'm, I'm coming from on this. Um, but it just lacked the satisfaction of the payoff. I mean, that one was... A, and I'm not a big fan of two-episode uh, arcs, but... It just felt like a very, you know, a lot of setup, a lot of exposition, and no real satisfying payoff. And again, look, we've had some, we've had some corkers in Doctor Who. Um, you know, remember that episode a couple of years ago, the Capaldi one with the pyramids oh, that yeah. appeared on Earth. Oh God, uh, that horrible second half. Oh Lord. Yeah, and we were like, this is going to be cool. Somebody can really tackle the Doctor, or you know, going back to the Pandorica where oh. He got out of it by going back and freeing himself after he got out of it, which was a Bill and Ted moment. Yeah. Um, which we had again this season at the very start with the airplane. It was full on Bill and Ted. So we do we do know that there is a a, a track record uh, in the in the series from all the writers. They have all the showrunners have had their their, their moments where it's like this is really cool, this is really cool, and that was it. Um. So yeah, this was unfortunately another middling episode that was could have been and indeed perhaps should have been way better and way more satisfying. Yeah. yeah. Um 
than we actually, you know, we actually got to have in the end. Um, I mean, I'll go back to another episode that I thought, you know, again, I don't like the the two partners in in in, in general, but the family episode where David Tennant, um, you know, used the, the chameleon arch to um, become human, and you know, the family were chasing the Doctor all the way across, um, you know, all over the place, and then Martha has, you know, he becomes Mister Smith, the teacher. That to me was a really satisfying arc from this family that obviously did instill fear. But these guys... That was the family of blood, right, I believe? Family of blood. There you go. The Um, media strikes again. Yeah. But it just just felt like these didn't really have time to inspire any any fear, any... Mm -hmm. Yeah. There was a sort of Monsters, Inc. feel to this episode. And I bring it up because we've been rewatching... Uh, a bunch of thank you Disney Plus for bringing my daughter into Pixar's many wonderful films, Monsters Inc. That first one where the monsters harvest the screams and the fears of children, and in this one they're harvesting the nightmares of humans, right? And so uh, uh, there's sort of that that kind of weird, weird. How do we scare people? How do we withdraw their fears to make us stronger? From um, you know, I think it was Rakaya wanted that uh, that aspect, but. Uh, yeah, I'm. This is something you know. During he had this Zelen, I think was his name. Uh, he he had the speech where he mentioned you know all the the uh, the guardians and the Eternals and um, a bunch of other characters from Doctor Who passed. But uh, this is the first time I think we've maybe ever really seen this sort of celestial immortal creature. Um, I. <clears throat> Besides the toy maker from back in the day, um, but oh, which there, and the toy, to be fair, the toy maker was referenced. Yes, he was not referenced exactly. Yeah. I, I I really wish that Doctor Who dove more into this sort of canon in in its storytelling because if there were all these beings that existed before before time, you know, before the dawn of of you know time as we know it, it would be a phenomenal. It could be an entire season arc, or it could be the backbone of a, of, of a season arc, and I think that there's something strong there in the Doctor and Chibnall and Moffat did the same thing. They they have these sort of one-off, really cool idea that you never see again, right? There was the dinosaurs on a spaceship, or whatever that episode was with with Moffat, where we had that really cool sort of collector, um, safari hunter guy, and we never saw him again. But he was really yeah. interesting for that one episode, and so I think that. Chibnall's falling down that same, um, you know, that same hole where he's he's kind of one monster of the week. Then it's that, that might be really cool if they're if they're flushed out and they never they never get flushed out again. Their only method of giving substance to some of these characters, some of these enemies, and these this this canon is to reference something else from Doctor Who's past. And we saw, we've seen it like a few times now, right? The Timeless Child is briefly mentioned and we're supposed to say, oh, they mentioned a Timeless Child. It's a huge tie-in to Doctor Who. Well, it's like, no, it was one throwaway line in a, you know, in a mini speech about something completely different. And same thing goes here with the um, the Guardians and the Eternals and stuff. But with that said, I really felt like this was... A good episode on its own, and to be honest, the uh, Zelen, this this sort of immortal god, really kind of felt like a cool 
almost frightening dude. I mean, his fingers would separate, which is the, that's to me that's new uh, to Doctor Who. I haven't really seen anything like that. It's new and like definitely boogeyman style. Um, uh, oh, he's you know, totally creepy. Yeah, very he's creepy. Totally, totally creepy and totally wasted. Yeah, exactly. Totally wasted. But I again, all that aside, the individual things that. Um, and especially Graham's and Yaz's, I thought were so well done in this episode. Yaz, sort of the thing with the the police officer, and then Graham, who, you know, his his wife, his dead wife, tells him that your cancer's back, and and to us, that's suddenly that's like this weird story narrative shock to us. And to me, it was because I had kind of you know glossed over that, but suddenly Graham has even more weight to his to his character and he sort of figures out that wait something's not not quite right here but the two most compelling characters have been graham um i think overall just because we've all we're all graham fans and then these last couple episodes i think yaz has started to come into her own which i'm i'm, I'm really kind of kind of digging so I, I i do hope that something comes of this but all that again all that said the doctor herself is sort of falling in by the wayside. Doesn't it kind of feel like there's not enough of the doctor being the doctor and there's a lot of character building, which honestly should have been taking place for a, over the span of a, a season and a half rather than throwing it all together in two episodes? Yeah, it's... <sighs> I mean, like, like I said, we've leveled this at every right there. Um, they just have this innate gift for coming up with really cool things and yeah. just leaving them standing. Wasting them. Um, and we, we want to see more. And it's funny that, you know, it would be great to have had a couple of episodes uh, around these guys um, or a couple of episodes yeah. around featuring yeah. with the Jadun as opposed to um, the, uh, the Child 66 mm-hmm. episode. Or, um, <laughs> I like that, Child 66. You know, Whatever it was, uh, uh, to- Toilet 66, toilet whatever six. it was, yeah. Um, or the first episode of Sky, uh, Spyfall. Mm-hmm. I mean, things that we didn't really need, we got. Uh, whereas, you know, the more interesting ones, and, they, you know, they say, oh, always they wanting more. Um, but it's such a rarity now for us to actually want more of a Chibnall creation. Yeah, yes, it is. That um, it feels all the more brutal and all the more short changed when we don't get more i mean let's face it we would probably have got a second episode of this one um that absolutely sucked mm-hmm. you know what mm-hmm. so um i mean you know maybe you know we are hoist by our own petard in that we wanted you know we want x y and z but we don't get we're not going to get it and it's just as well because it would just be another friggin letdown um i mean we've gotten the stage where we have bad, a bad episode of Doctor Who followed by a mediocre episode of Doctor Who. And that's um, that's our lot right now. Um, and again, wasted opportunities out the proverbial um, yin-yang. Um, and it, it is disappointing. It really is so disappointing. The, the I think one thing that I felt was really kind of dumb, and again, this goes right back towards the end of this episode, you had this really great, strong buildup of what these characters are and this sort of, like I said, yin-yang 
um, bouncing ideas, this almost weirdly, I don't want to say Batman and Joker, but these two gods that sort of need each other to, to sort of play their game. Uh, and the, the doctor defeats them by somehow magically using the force to throw the sonic screwdriver up into her hand while her hands are bound to the ceiling. I, I, I don't, I had to rewind that part a few times to try to figure out how she did that. And I thought that was, um, that to me. Unfortunately, after, after watching Birds of Prey last night. <laughs> oh, no. Um, she she seems to have been to the Harley Quinn school of, um, <laughs> you know, put up doing with doing strange shit. I think um, you and I which, probably have the same thoughts about Birds of Prey as well. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, probably. Uh, uh, alas. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's. I mean, we know you know Venusia Nikito and blah blah blah, but that whole I mean, you know, the, the Doctor is Tom Cruise in cocktail. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was just a, yeah, it just felt cheap. I mean, yeah. and again, perhaps right. we, you know, I have been beginning. I, I'm beginning to think that we unfortunately overanalyze this because it's I'm not sure meant for us. This show is no longer meant for us, uh, and you know. I understand why that they have to, they want to get to this younger audience and uh, have these cool things, but to really sort of like throw the baby out with the bathwater and forget. It's like Torchwood, um, Torchwood would be for us because it is more adult. The stronger storylines is long arcs. Things really kind of live and breathe together. Torchwood was that. And I mean, this is a whole other topic for a whole other episode. Maybe once Dr. Who has done this season, we can, we can sort of explore some of this type of stuff, but um, yeah, this has been as as much of a fan of the ser- of, of the entire series of the entire Doctor Who phenomena that I am. I do have to sort of start suspending belief because of your point is is dead on. This may not be for us anymore, right? Yeah, um, and it's it, it is sad because I mean the Doctor Who's key is that it's always appealed to. Children of all ages, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, and that's always been part of its innate charm. Does that mean we're getting um, old, Marcus? I think it's. <laughs> well, yes, we are. We are getting old. I mean, as anybody who will, uh, um, you know, have tried to watch the Grammys, and yeah. you know, I have no idea what a Billie Eilish is, but apparently she's very popular and talented. Bless her. I think a Billie Eilish. Is. Uh, look, I mean, look, I've made this joke before, but for the longest time, I thought an Ariana Grande was uh, a coffee. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I just um, I don't I don't know I you know I, when I was a kid the scarier episodes were the ones that stood out mm-hmm. to me mm-hmm. um, because they were the ones that you know we'd hide behind the sofa and watch and it's they still have that feeling of dread in me to, today. Yes, you you could have to look beyond the the, the cardboard sets and uh, you know the, the flimsy acting in some cases and the plot holes and everything, but. There have been some really good scary episodes. I mean, Midnight still stands out for me as one of the scariest ones. The Waters of Mars, mm-hmm. another really scary one that should be meant to, to scare, scare um, and scare adults alike. And it's something to bond over. And I think that's what they're forgetting is that um, Doctor Who is something for generations to bond over. And it has evolved into that uh, over the 50 plus, 55 year plus um, time frame. Yeah. So yeah, this uh, look. I mean, uh, it'll be interesting to see the next episode where we've got the the uh, the ghosts 
one. Uh, I hope it's more scary than Nikola Tesla's The Night of Terror. Well, uh, I do like just the throwaway statement at the end of this episode where the doctor says, uh, oh, hey, you know what? Let's go check on Mary Shelley. And then the TARDIS zips off. Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> I guess that's where yeah, we're heading next. Um, yeah, and again, I just hope it's got some... I hope it's got it's got a little bit of uh, scare factor around it uh, before we get into whatever is next um, in Doctor Who. In Doctor Who, and with that said, let's shut her down this week. How many out of five floating fingers? What would you give this episode? <laughs> five floating <laughs> fingers. It sounds like the world's <laughs> it's a horrible film. It's a horrible date. Um, Again, I mean, unfortunately, I'd have to give it maybe uh, two and a half again. Okay. Um, I, I think, uh, you know, unfortunately, I'm, uh, you know, we're at this stage where it's just not uh, jumping off the screen as uh, as perhaps it should. And we know this has been a, um, you know, a series of the record books with regards to its inanity. Mm. Um, but this one could have been so much more. The I'll one last this, week, uh, yeah. The, the, yeah, the one last week, they were kind of working with some limited stuff. Fair enough. It, last week, last week was bland. This week was a missed opportunity. Yeah, yep, yep. I agree. I, I'm going to give this one though. I'll, I'm going to do a little bit better. I'm going to say this one is a three out of five. Um, good build up, but didn't didn't stick the landing very well at the end, and I think that took a, took things away because there was some nice tenseness built up throughout the episode, the, the nightmares, your deepest fears, and they never capitalize on it. And I feel that that holds this episode back. Um, uh, it holds back Can You Hear Me? And I think, you know what, in the end, I, don't, I didn't hear them. So uh, I think that yeah. held it back just enough with some really cool sets, some cool scenery, and really interesting characters with, I think, her, was it Tafira, her name, and then the, the two gods. I think there was some good, cool stuff to build up from there. Um, but... It didn't just kind of fell apart right at the very end when it needed to needed it most. This is one of those episodes that could have been a two parter, or could have been slightly more extended to to really wrap everything up. So I'm gonna give it a three. Um, Sean didn't give us his thoughts on this one. Maybe we can, uh, you know, next week if we get together, Sean can. Um, you'll be out. No, I don't think Sean, Sean has seen it yet. Uh, I really don't think he's perhaps has has seen the. He may. I don't think he has. Yeah, yeah, he hasn't seen it yet. Hopefully. Hopefully the next time we record, um, when he's back in town, he'll be able to tell us his thoughts, and then you know we'll get your thoughts in writing since you'll be you'll be out and about in the other side of the world checking out. Yeah, I'll stuff. be watching it, and I'll be watching it in the old yeah. country. You'll actually, be I won't be the, watching at it at the actual time slot that it's meant. Actually, to be I won't be because no. um, when it's uh, when it's on, I'm actually going to be uh, at a bar oh. with uh, a bunch of old school friends who oh, I haven't nice. seen in. Uh, Almost 40 years. Wow. So a, a bunch of us are getting together to catch up. That's um, And, yeah, I, uh, I'll i have to find a way to watch it um, at some – I'm sure my mum will DVR it. Sure. Uh, maybe I'll watch it with my mum. Excellent. Well, Marcus, thank you. It's it's always a pleasure to chat Doctor Who with you. I hope it's, you're – It's fun. I, look, i got to say, um, I miss – I miss Sean when he's not here, and I do – miss 
Stephen. Yeah, Stephen. We'll, you know what we should do is we'll see if we can. Stephen, if you're listening, I want everybody who's listening to this podcast to send, first of all, at Annoyed Gamer for Marcus, at Dolly Dabowski for me, at Sean Norton for Sean, at Lonely Tardis for all of us, LonelyTardis.com. Everybody send a message to at Stephen Strom, S-T-E-V-E-N, S-T-E-V-E-N, S-T-R-O-M, and tell him that you want him back on the show, at least for the finale. It would be good to get him back on for the finale to kind of give his, his thoughts on this. Hopefully he's had a chance to watch. But um, with that, uh, please, thank you, everybody, for, for joining us. Please send us your message. I think we're going to, while the season, we're actually, there's only three episodes left this season, amazingly enough. Um, when the season ends, um, I've already got plans. This time we're actually going to go through with it. We're already going to have some really cool plans for for touching on some stuff like we mentioned earlier. Maybe we'll do some cool episodes along the way. Maybe we'll do an all-reader feedback or listener feedback episode. Who knows? But away, everything, that, everything that we touch will be with consent. Exactly, exactly. With that said, we love you guys and gals and animals and aliens. We'll see you on the next episode of The Lonely. Goodbye, friends.